Welcome back to another episode of All Good in the Brotherhood podcast. I am Brother Francisco Whitaker, and joining me is my brother, Nate. Hey guys, um, today we're going to be talking a little bit about a very common topic nowadays, a kind of topic of some controversy in modern times, which is the idea of toxic masculinity. We're going to be talking about what it is, um, whether it really does exist, or whether it's a misnomer. So just to start right off the bat, we're going to see what the definition of toxic masculinity is and just kind of talk about that. So according to Oxford Dictionary, toxic masculinity is defined as a set of attitudes and ways of behaving stereotypically associated with or expected of men, regarded as having a negative impact on men and on society as a whole. So, Nate, what do you what do you think about that? Is what do you think about that as just a definition or toxic masculinity as a thing itself? Do you think it's that's a fair verbiage? Do you think that's that's real? Right. I guess I would say that based off if I understood what that definition was really saying in short correctly, it's along the lines, um, correct me if I'm wrong, just that it's kind of bad habits that men in society tend to um, have as opposed to women. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's fair to identify that there are habits that 100% men have a greater tendency to fall into than women do. But I, there's something that bothers me about the word, uh, the, sorry, the phrase toxic masculinity because it suggests kind of, as far as I see it, it kind of implies that there's something wrong with um, masculinity in itself. Maybe you would disagree with me on that, but it, it sounds like there's um, an extreme that you reach when you get too masculine, mm-hmm. at yeah. least from the, not just from the definition you gave, but from from the context I've heard it used in commonly in popular culture, or um, I remember during the Super Bowl a few years ago, there was a yeah. big oh, ad yeah, that was yeah. put out about the the negative effects of toxic masculinity, and kind of the vibe I get from the way different people talk about it nowadays is that it's when you get too masculine, it starts becoming this bad thing. It, it goes yeah. from just being a, like, yeah, you, you can be a little masculine, and that's safe for everybody, but don't get too masculine or else right. you become toxic. And I don't know if that's really the right approach. Yeah, yeah. To me, the idea of toxic masculinity uh, means that society is allowed to define what it perceives as true masculinity, and anything outside of that definition, therefore, is bad. Right. Um, or that... Uh, this is uh, that that masculinity uh, can only be so, so I, I guess so extensive mm-hmm. um, that oh, I guess I don't know. There's certainly toxic people, right? Um, uh, but to say that toxic masculinity itself is its own thing, I, I don't know if I agree with. I would say it instead of calling it toxic masculinity, rather misplaced masculinity. Because toxic masculinity makes it sound like there is something in masculinity that itself can be bad. Right. It, it sounds almost like a, a, I think it was the analogy of a, a chemical. We identify certain chemicals as toxic. Yeah. So the only way to prevent them from being toxic is by diluting them with water and we make them less potent mm-hmm. and kind of kind of try to minimize their the fullness of their own qualities and properties that are inherent in those chemicals. Yeah. So if you use phrases like toxic masculinity, it sounds like there's something about masculinity, much like a chemical that tends towards toxicity. So, well, the way to reduce that, you've got to dilute it with a little bit of non-masculinity, that yeah, sort of thing, yeah. so that you can get a safe, kind of domesticated man. Hmm. Instead of uh, 
toxic chemicals being reacted with other things and therefore becoming like actually good. Like right. having that that initial chemical in there is what makes it better. Mm-hmm. So taking masculinity and then combining it with something good, right. uh, actually and not taking away masculinity all, but using it as a, a building block for something else right. is where you have actual true masculinity. Right. So so then from that, what what would you say then if culture has kind of defined that there is this thing called toxic masculinity? Right. What would you say is their definition of what it means to be masculine? What are masculine traits according to our common societal norms? That's another good question. I, I feel like that's something that over the years has devolved into a stereotype. The, uh, yeah, the idea yeah. or the image of the masculine has um, gone kind of from real legitimate properties that are natural to men. Mm-hmm. Um, men are kind of naturally have a drive to be protectors and sometimes to compete with others. But that drive then is that kind of essential aspect of masculine is then drawn out just to its accidental effects. What I mean by that is um, you see a football star or you see a bodybuilder Uh and what they're doing kind of is a a natural male thing to do because it's natural for a man if they have that inner drive uh, to then manifest in ways like working out or being intelligent or being a competitive businessman. But the problem becomes when we point to those accidental qualities like, oh, he's rich. Oh, he's good with the ladies. Oh, he's jacked and, and really brawny. And we say that's what it means to be a man, because mm. while, yeah. like I'm saying, while they do naturally flow from being um, masculine, they aren't the definition of masculine yet. Yeah, In my yeah. mind, the definition of a man is not that you're just jacked or aggressive. Because case in point, Mister Rogers is a wonderful man, yeah, just oh, yeah, as much yeah. as a Navy SEAL, but he wasn't, you know, in-your-face aggressive, mm-hmm. competitive. Yeah. So when I think there's an error that happens when we stereotype what it means to be masculine according to accidental qualities like competition, being choleric, being um, aggressive and, and, you know, always obsessed with muscles, those kind of things. Which is kind of, I I agree, which is kind of funny because the definition of toxic masculinity uses the words stereotypical Mm -hmm. understandings of men that cause, that like men try to live up to, which is funny that uh, society seems to be accusing men of being toxic, right? but they created toxic men yeah um you mean by instilling the stereotype yeah in our culture. yeah exactly yeah. yeah and now now that they see what they've done uh now they're now they're shaming the men as the problem that right. it has to be it must be your fault something mm-hmm. about you as a man right is the cause for this toxicity exactly and what you said about you know confusing the accidents i think that's really good because what is the essence of masculinity versus what is the manifestation of masculinity mm-hmm. so manifestation can be very disordered can be very disjointed right. or it could be very well executed. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're talking about like the con, you know, seemingly contradictory uh, examples of Mr. Rogers versus a Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do completely different things. Right. Yet, what is their goal? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, s- kind of saving people in yeah. very different ways. Mr. Right. Rogers kind of saving people on a personal, emotional, right. psychological level. Maybe these are saving people on a, a very like a physical, gritty way. Yeah, but both of those are true to what it means to be a man: mm-hmm. safeguarding, mm-hmm. caretaking. Yeah, that I want to go out of myself to defend you in some yeah. ways, or, or to reach out to you. Right. Um, so I, I think that it, it's not so much that toxic masculinity is a thing as, and I actually heard a talk by uh, Jason Everett where he said 
that he doesn't believe that toxic masculinity is a thing. Mm. But rather, what is toxic is men don't know what it means to be masculine. Mm. So they kind of orient their natural drive and energy towards the wrong way. Yeah, kind of direction. Exactly. So, yeah. so in order to fill up, and this is he was also even kind of saying, in order to fill up for a, a lack of something, mm-hmm. they define themselves or their pursuit for, oh well, I'll, I'll make up for this lack that I feel of being a man by giving into what I'm told it means to be a man, right. instead of really looking for what's within. Yeah, the, the God given image. They just focus on what's without the exactly. external kind of superficial traits that come along with quote unquote being a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Traits versus essence which right. i think is is a really good you know way to, to reframe this idea of masculinity right. and which is not to say that uh we have figured out that that essence mm-hmm. ourselves right but it is not to be defined by these accidents right that, that causes way more discernment the man actually has to encounter himself to on a under- deep level understand what masculinity right. is which is not what you get with um kind of the image that the society puts out it's never looking inward it's always like we said looking outward at the yeah, external yeah. qualities that are very obvious and, and kind of attractive in their own way it's, it's easy to see how young men and men of all ages fall into the trap of judging masculinity in terms of just the outward traits because you look at um pop culture you look at all like the the great men in movies nowadays yeah, yeah, whether exactly. it's tony stark you know he's a you know he's a brilliant thinker and a competitive businessman you know he's a playboy or maybe it's, I just watched recently um, the Jack Reacher movie with Tom Cruise, also mm-hmm. a playboy and a really aggressive guy just goes and beats people up. So it's, it's easy when you're inundated with this idea that, okay, th- look at this. This is a great man. This is a great masculine hero. It's easy to then look at those external traits and be like, well, that seems to be the common theme. So I guess that's what it means to be a man. Yeah. When yeah. in fact, that really isn't the core of masculine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which then I guess makes me wonder what should we start looking at? as like true masculinity what's the core um because i think that there's a whole uh the deeper sense that that a man desires some kind of some kind of conquest conquest Mm -hmm. some kind of mastery right um we use the word competition i i agree i think i think men do have in themselves a desire to kind of compete right but it i don't think it it automatically aims toward dominance hmm. uh, i think mastery is a better term like and that. because we don't these days talk a lot about self-mastery we talk about like self-care mm-hmm. or like mindfulness right. but we don't talk about mastery as in saying like there are things about ourselves that aren't themselves good right. or they can they might be good but they can go way beyond their intent right. uh instead it's like you know self-care you know treat yourself these kind right. of things always Look on the positive. Exactly. See yourself only as a holistic kind of combination of all these good things. But no, there are certain things which, like you said, maybe on themselves actually are good, like our emotions. Sometimes our emotion to anger or to, to fear are good in certain contexts, like when you need to go save somebody, like yeah. those immediate reactions. But those same emotions, while good kind of in their own way, in, in the proper usage and context, they can become very disordered if we just let ourselves mull over in anger and brood in fear and these kind of anxiety, all these things. Yeah. So those same emotions need to be mastered so that they don't overcome and master us. Right. And that's so I think redirecting the idea of masculinity with the some of the same ideas that, you know, man being maybe you know, like the protector or mm-hmm. the, the 
I don't conqueror sounds kind of bad. Right, it sounds um, a little bit aggressive. Yeah. But but that idea of like overcoming, mm-hmm. um, that there is something in a man that desire to overcoming something difficult. Yeah. But we have lost the idea that overcoming ourselves mm-hmm. is also difficult. Right. And that that's a battle worth fighting for. And that's, I mean, you know, women also have to overcome their inner tendencies and things. Yeah. But there is something about a, a man that first needs to do that mm-hmm. so that the way in which he masters other things outside of himself is properly ordered. Right. That's a really good point. I, something you just said about how we don't think about how we need to master ourselves. We always, when it comes to mastery or, or kind of conquest, it's always, we always look outward. But um, kind of to use the common quote from Star Trek, they say space, the final frontier. Yeah, yeah. In reality, it's, it's man is the final frontier. <laughs> And sure. in biblical terms, it's also the first frontier. Long mm-hmm. before God, this is in the book of Genesis, long before God gave the Ten Commandments and told them, thou shalt do this, thou shalt not do this, the first command he ever gave to mankind is um, fill the earth and subdue it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. have mastery of something. Yeah. And so I think you're absolutely right in saying that there's something in man that drives him to have mastery. And the best way in which you can do that is by mastering kind of his lower, darker tendencies yeah. and by trying to be the best person he can be. And so where I think society gets this idea of toxic masculinity is for men who have not actually mastered themselves right. and they have only started to master external things. And because of that, they don't know how to control themselves. Right. So it that is toxic. Right. Men who are out of control is absolutely a toxic thing, right. but that doesn't have anything to do with their inner masculinity. Mm-hmm. That has to do with their disordered masculinity. Right. Um, that masculinity of itself does not require them to act that way Mm -hmm. masculinity requires them for mastery right if they master the right things along the way yeah you're not going to see those guys as toxic Mm -hmm. you're going to see them as you know the the, the heroes the ones you want to look up to right um yeah and and i understand you know especially you know uh, one of the biggest areas where they talk about toxic masculinity is is about men being violent particularly towards women Mm -hmm. and that's because i think that men have not found in themselves a reason to be validated. Hmm. Uh, that yeah. they don't know their their value and their identity as just a man. They don't see dignity within themselves. So they have to find someone that they think or some situation which they think they can validate that in them. To fill the void that they feel. So they dominate women. Right. Whereas if a man has mastered himself, and we're going to keep on hitting this, I think. Yeah. If a man has mastered himself, he finds his identity not in what he conquers mm-hmm. but in himself whom he has conquered right actually uh there was we had a retreat here uh through campus ministry that i, I like i said before I've, i work in campus ministry in st vincent college here um and we had a men's retreat back in march and there was a student who gave the final talk and he said something that was really awesome that to me this day still hits me but he said that uh masculinity uh, is not v- validated by women, uh, but women validate our masculinity. Hmm. So say that again. So women, like go or like girls, or whatever, or like going out of ourselves. That's not what causes us to validate our masculinity. Right. We should have our masculinity, and then it comes to be validated by other people. Oh, I see. So so we have it ourselves, and that's what draws people to us, right. not us being going out of it and drawing them into us to define it. Right. Yeah, we should be kind of 
full and overflowing in such a way that attracts people, not empty so that we have to suck people into ourselves yeah. like a black hole. Yeah. And that's the problem is when people, like you're saying, just going back to this whole idea of self-mastery, when you have that void within yourself because you have not done anything to improve yourself and to master your lower, your lower passions and you don't look to that as the source or as the object of this inner drive to master something, mm-hmm. you end up looking outward. And that's what so many people do. They look outward. They see your women. They see sports. They see um, getting big in the gym. And they just turn all their attention and orient their, their drive to master something to that. And so when you accompany that with these constant, like I said earlier, inundation of images of this is what it means to be a man, being a playboy or being jacked, well, then they're going to even more readily do that. Yeah. yeah. When and, and so I think one of the other dangers that um, can happen, which I think a lot of people identify as another, just going through the various symptoms or um, instances that people identify as toxic masculinity is um, repression of emotions. Mm, yeah, and I yeah. think that is something that's been going on for generations. You always hear um, kind of the phrase like, oh, you know, men don't cry. Yeah, or yeah, a man's yeah, allowed right. to have one uh, manly tear every now and then, but that's yeah. it, nothing more. And, and you know, men don't say I love you, things like that. Yeah, All right. these ideas that if you're really a man, if you really have masculinity, you don't um, express your emotions and you're not sen- um, sensitive to anybody around you. And I think that... We can rightly call that toxic, but again, not because it's masculinity, but because even that is not self-mastery. Yeah. It may look like self-mastery that you're able to overcome uh, something about yourself, namely your emotions, but you're not really mastering them. Yeah. You're actually just repressing them, which can be done actually for a very bad uh, reason or cause yeah, that sure. even further shows you're not self-mastered. For example, some people never let themselves cry. They would say it's because they're in control of themselves or that they're working to master themselves but in fact it's because they're too proud and arrogant to let other people see their emotions yeah exactly and that shows that they're not masters of their own pride so (laughs) really we can look it's not just about we shouldn't focus on mastering other people or or sports and whatnot um as our primary goals we shouldn't even master ourselves in terms of just our emotions or the kind of superficial aspects of our personalities Mm -hmm. we need to master ourselves on a deep soulful lever level um as in we need to master our kind of vicious tendencies of pride arrogance anger those kind of things yeah no i totally agree uh, and actually something my my spiritual director told me recently uh because i was i was talking to him about kind of a bunch of different things about identity uh, and masculinity and kind of talking to him a little bit about like students and trying to walk with them and their understanding of what it means to be a man and he said he thinks one of the biggest problems with men these days is that they confuse strength for toughness. Hmm. So that for a strong man can still be very vulnerable and yeah. very uh, emotional even. Right. A tough man acts like these things don't affect him. Right. That is not healthy. No. That also like, eventually just going to eat up at you. Yeah. And what? how are you going to explode? Guess what? In a toxic way. Exactly. Uh, so that, ten years into your marriage, when your wife and kids are around, yeah, yeah, and you get drunk and you become abusive. That's 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 why we have these problems that we have to call toxic masculinity because people for too long didn't understand what masculinity is. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know we're kind of in our current culture right now with the, this whole pushback against like men, right? Uh, which in some ways I think is kind of valid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is all due to kind of a past two or three generations view of what it means to be a man Mm -hmm. that it's it's so you know conceal don't feel Mm -hmm. it's so i'm just 
man up, you know, yeah. don't, don't be a wuss. Mm-hmm. That if you do that long enough, that's what you have to define as being a man. Right. And then if you have anything other than that, you ain't a man. Exactly. And then what happens? Men who don't live up to that have to assert themselves somehow. Mm-hmm. And we get back into this whole loop. But not to not to no, you're right, you know, kind of fall back in that the whole area. And also just to, to make a slight asterisk on the, the student I quoted, what he said was, and I want to make sure I have this right, that uh, women's validation is not the cause for masculinity. Mm-hmm. It's a consequence. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. So that we have to have, be masculine first right. before we look for validation. Yeah. Uh, that, in that it should be. It's kind of, not made by others. We make right. it, and then. Uh, but anyways, but what what does that masculinity then have to involve? Well, we're talking about mastery, and you said you know it's not just our base desires or these emotions or anything. It's all of who we are. Mm-hmm. That that masculinity means virtue, right? And and not just kind of casual virtue, mm-hmm. but like authentic radical virtue, right? Particularly justice. Mm-hmm. I think that's you know the four cardinal virtues. I think Aquinas does define uh, justice as the highest virtue. Yeah. Um, and that's about the will and, and the good that we owe to others mm-hmm. for one, because who are, who they are as God's, uh, you know, made in his image and likeness. Um, but because we are built in our human nature to be in community. Mm-hmm. And if we're in community, we have, we owe others a good. We owe them right. enough of who we are we also go out of ourselves. Yeah, we owe it as a matter of duty. I think that's one thing people don't often grasp nowadays, and probably for all time, it's kind of a tendency of our pride to think whenever we do something good for our community, yeah, yeah. it's kind of us just doing a really nice thing and really helping them out, and it's kind of out of the deep gratuity of our hearts that we do this, and the community kind of owes us for that. But in reality, no. When we do just things, or when we do virtuous things, it's really our duty. Yeah, And yeah. that's why men feel this inner drive to, to orient their their will towards something and to really master something is that drive is for virtue because it's a duty not just because it's something extra on top you can do to be a nice guy yeah it's yeah. really a duty and we have it from the time we are conceived and created by god we have this this kind of calling to go beyond ourselves and and live out the virtues the four cardinal virtues really are the big ones like you, you already mentioned justice but also wisdom um prudence as opposed to just being rash and just doing whatever your base desires tell you to and then I think the other one's fortitude. Fortitude. Well, wisdom and prudence are kind of together. Right. Uh, then fortitude and temperance. Right. Okay. The fourth one. Right. Um, and yeah, all, all of those have to do with the ordering of something. You know, it, prudence is the ordering of the intellect towards uh, contemplating truth. Yeah. Justice is the ordering of the will to do the good. Mm-hmm. And then temperance and fortitude is the ordering of our desires mm-hmm. towards either that which is difficult Right. Or uh, against that which might be harmful in, right. uh, you know, the, the pa- overextension of our passions. Yeah, I guess temperance being like not just doing the easy thing when we want to, fortitude being willfully choosing to do the hard thing yeah. when we must. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And all and you know, every person is created capable of virtue. Right. And we're all called to virtue. Mm-hmm. And what toxic masculinity really is is just men not being virtuous. Yeah. And that might sound like a cop out or cliche. But that's because society has lost the idea that virtue is one, attractive, mm-hmm. two, necessary, and right. three, 
desirable or you know just good you know we're talking about the transcendentals what are the good uh sorry virtue is like (laughs) i mean virtue the life of virtue is according didn't aristotle say the life of virtue is is like perfection it's the greatest kind of the greatest good Um, it is it is it is happiness right to be happy means to be virtuous Mm -hmm. so to kind of bring it it the transcendentals in just a little bit right uh that true masculinity is a virtuous Mm -hmm. man yeah if he is virtuous, he is doing good, not harm to others. And then we see the beauty in the masculinity. That it's not just shaped by this one boxed stereotype of, right. you know, com- competitive, jacked, you know, the businessman, like you said, rich or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it encompasses so much more so that you could have a deeply, even sensitive mm-hmm. man who is still very masculine. Because Mr. Rogers was just as equipped with the virtues as you know, a self-sacrificial Navy SEAL. Yeah, That's exactly. why you can have so many different kinds of men is because, like we said, it's not rooted, the, the definition of masculinity is not rooted in um, in your accidental qualities. It seems to be, to mean the way you're, we've been talking now, like the definition of masculinity is really just the, the, the proper execution of virtue yeah. in by a person. And so I think that's huge, and that's why it really seems to me that what we call toxic masculinity is not an extreme or overabundance of real masculinity. It's just a privation or a, a lacking of true masculinity. Yeah, yeah. And so um, that's why you can really be full and feel your, your spirits lifted when you are living a true virtuous life because you're actually doing what your nature is telling you you need to do. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think for me, um, like like a first step, uh, in doing and kind of reaching under the standing this masculinity yeah. is just praying mm-hmm. that God helps us understand what it means to be his son. Right. So if we don't know who we are, like who, and whose we are, we'll never know who we are. If we don't know who we are, we don't know what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then that combined with not backing down from the hard things. Yeah. If that hard thing means facing yourself for something you're tired of doing over and over and over again <laughs> or from something in the past, that's the hard thing. If yeah. the hard thing is sucking it up and driving across, you know, a bunch of states to take care of someone, that's mm-hmm. the hard thing. Yeah. The hard thing, if done virtuously, you know, for the sake of someone else and not for your own glorification, it's going to really build you into a true man. Right. I, I love how you just put that. So masculinity in the proper, most beautiful way doesn't, we, we don't have to just limit men and keep them from going to a full extreme of masculinity. Um, we don't basically have to fix men like we have to fix dogs. Right. Yeah, exactly. We, we, that actually, we, we don't need to be neutered to be proper men that are going to contribute to the community. We need to be most fully men and really understand what the essence of masculinity is. Yeah. And, yeah, no, I, I love how you just put that. Sweet. Well, I guess the, the call then, uh, you know, if, if you're a guy listening to this, this is a challenge. Um, and... Honestly, if you're a woman to this woman listening to this, I think this is a challenge for you too to make men accountable mm-hmm. to be better men. Right. Um, and you might ask, like, well, how do I do that? It's like, well, you know, I, like your your closest, you know, male companion, whether he's your boyfriend, he's your husband, he's your brother or something, ask him how often he prays. The right. answer to that question will determine how much of a man he is, in my opinion. Um, right. And if you're a guy and you're like, well, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm really a man. Like, ask yourself, like, what. What do you want mm-hmm. to be? Like right. truly, what, what do you want to be? Not, do you really want to be successful? Do you want to be successful? Do you want to be the hero or whatever? Is that, do you want it in the right way? 
mm-hmm. or do you want it just for the symbol of self-esteem? Right. So, and are you living a life rooted in the four cardinal virtues? Yeah, or are exactly. you just being that rash dude that does, goes out and does like whatever your friends suggest you do or, or takes any dare? Because nowadays that's an example that people point to as yeah, oh, exactly. this is a male Daring. thing to do. Yeah. But that's that's imprudent. That's actually not a virtuous life. Yeah, it, and rashness is the, is an extreme against courage, too. Right. It's not imprudent and it's uncourageous. Exactly. And being a playboy, another thing people look to as a male thing, a really yeah. strong masculine trait well that's being intemperate with your you know sexual desires yeah and you're not doing the good for the other right either so you're not being just right exactly so really just yeah how the word cardinal yeah it comes from the word hinge the, the, the virtues in which our lives should hinge upon hmm. so asking yourselves like what does my life hinge upon does it hinge yeah. upon these virtues or does it hinge upon some stereotypical understanding of what it means to be a man Well, I think that's uh, what we have time for today. Thank you for listening, and we hope to have you join us again for our next episode. God bless.